Welcome to the Girl, Get Your Voice Back podcast, a podcast all about helping women to overcome condemnation and silence shame by standing on the promises of God and coupling faith with action. Four times a month, I deliver the truth that many don't want to hear, but if you heed to what I'm saying, you're bound to be set free and walk boldly in your assignment. I'm your host, Ebony D. James, and I aim to amplify women's voices and help them to walk into their God-given mandate fearlessly and strategically. Hey y'all, so today we're talking all about how the bare minimum is not enough, okay? So a few days ago, I woke up and I heard these words so clearly from the Lord. And the words were, the bare minimum is not enough, right? And so today I wanna encourage you to do the most, okay? For your sake, do the most. And y'all know how we do. We're going to kick it off with an anchor scripture. And the anchor scripture is basically coming from Isaiah chapter 26, verse 9. And the New King James Version says, With my soul, I have desired you in the night. Yes, by my spirit within me, I will seek you early. For when your judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. Let grace be shown to the wicked, yet he will not learn righteousness. In the land of uprightness, he will deal unjustly and will not behold the majesty of the Lord. And you may be thinking like, what they got to do with the bare minimum isn't enough. And we're going to see. So, and if you really just focus in on the first half of life, it says, no, with my soul, I have desired the Lord. With my soul, I have desired you in the night. Yes, by my spirit within me, I will seek you early. Why? Because when the judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. And so, what is this thing called the bare minimum? Right? What does it mean to only do the bare minimum? And so, a lot of times when we think about the bare minimum, it's like the smallest possible quantity or the least fulfilling um but still adequate condition that is required or acceptable or suitable for some type of purpose right and then but here's this magazine i can't remember the name of the magazine but it stated it like this in relationships specifically doing the bare minimum is when we're offering the other person only the minimum of our time the minimum of our effort, the minimum attention, the minimum commitment, the minimum emotions, right? It's sharing the least part of ourselves with someone just to keep them connected. Baby, that's the word by itself. I'm gonna read it again just because it's just so good to me. It says, in relationships, doing the bare minimum is offering the other person only the minimum of your time attention commitment and emotions it's when you only share the least part of yourself with someone just to keep them connected (sighs) listen 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 you do just enough to stay connected listen i'm just gonna gonna just do just a little bit just so we can stay connected but like i don't want to give you too much of myself like i don't want to let you in in this area i'm just gonna i'm gonna have all these walls up and i'm just gonna let you have this little creep this little crease at the door just so we can stay connected like i ain't really trying to be your friend i ain't really trying to be your lover there's no affection there's no connection there's no nothing but i'm gonna do just enough to stay in your life right ain't that how exes be my god wow okay let's keep going because i ain't even that ain't even on my nose but don't you know we serve a god who looks at the heart right in first samuel 16 verse 7 it says but the lord said to samuel do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature because i have refused him but the Lord does not see as man sees, for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Right? So we can think we be, can be doing a good thing, like, ah, oh, I'm not gonna let this person in here, here, here. I'm gonna just, I'm gonna do just the bare minimum on my job. 
I'm gonna just do just enough to keep this relationship. I'm gonna, I ain't gonna put all, my all into this ministry thing. I'm just gonna do just enough to say I serve. You know, I just wanna say I serve, but I ain't gonna really try to put my all in. I ain't gonna invest too much of my time. Even though I do got some hours that I can, you know, serve more, I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna do too much offering. I'm just gonna give the bare minimum offering. I'm gonna do my 10%, but for offering, mm, I'm just gonna do like, you know, whatever the rounded up number is, that's what I'm gonna do for offering, right? I'm gonna do the bare minimum just to say I did that, okay? And it says, listen, you can, you can, you can't fool God, right? You can think you fooling God, but it says, no, listen, no man look at the outward appearance, but I look at the heart. And so whenever you think you can fool God, understand that we cannot fool God. We know that in John 1, 1, it says that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And then in Hebrews 4, 12, it starts telling us more about the word of God. It says, for the word of God is living. It's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow. Here's the kicker. It says, in the word of God, and we, all, we just said that the word of God is God, right? And the end of Hebrews 4, 12 says, the word of God, who is God, is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. He is the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So you cannot fool him. He's going to know what your motives are behind you doing the bare minimum. He he, he, he know why you're doing it. All of the things. So we can't fool him. And this tells us that God not only looks at the heart, but he discerns our thoughts, our intentions of our heart. He knows our motives. He knows the why behind what we're doing. He knows when we're trying to be shady. He knows when we're not being truthful and genuine. He knows when we're only trying to get something. We want to hang on to certain relationships just so we can get a little bit. Just so we can say we know this person. Just so we can say we're connected to this person. Just so we can say, oh, I used to do ministry with this person. Just so we can say, oh, that person mentored me. All of these things. And it's like, God knows the motives, sweetie. And so, if you're in a place where you've been giving God the bare minimum, this is an invitation to check your heart. And not only to check your heart and ask God to search you, but to also repent. And then, as I said earlier, I'm encouraging you to do the most. So, if this is you, know that this message is not a message of condemnation, but this message is literally to encourage you to know, let's, we have to get into a place where we're no longer comfortable with doing the bare minimum for God. We're no longer comfortable with just getting by. We're no longer comfortable with being mediocre. We want to get to a place with, like Daniel. Um, like, no, there's an excellent spirit within me, right? And that's what the Bible says about Daniel, that there was an excellent spirit within him, and that's why he was sought after by the king to interpret the dream. And so this is an encouragement. Check your heart. Repent for where you've done the bare minimum. Repent for where you've only allowed people a certain part of you. Repent for where you've literally only offered the, the, the least amount of your time, the least amount of your effort at your job. When you've only gave a, the least amount of your attention to your children, the least amount of attention to your spouse, the least amount of attention to your siblings, the least amount of commitment to whatever you have your hands on, repent for where you literally got, gave the least part of yourself with somebody just to keep them connected, just to say you were connected to that person. I believe that most of us have been in this place. At some point in our walk, we've all been here, right? We all could give, we've all been in a place in our walk with the Lord that all we could give was the bare minimum. For whatever the reason, whatever your motive is, whatever the reason, your why, whatever, we've all been to this in this place at some point, right? For some, it was just a lack of knowledge in the spirit of religion. Like, you didn't know, but you was born up in church, so this is how you were raised. All you ever saw was people do the bare minimum. You were taught to do the bare minimum, so it was a lack of knowledge and um, error teaching. You grew up in the spirit of religion, and it caused you... To, to start this cycle, this pattern of doing the bare minimum. 
for some, it was just due to burnout, right? You have been going so hard and so hard to the point and you're not seeing the fruit. Baby, when we don't see the fruit, it's really like, okay, I'm going hard, but I'm not seeing the fruit. So I'm not going to go as hard as I've been going. I'm not going to do the most like I used to. I'm just going to do the bare minimum because I'm not seeing the fruit anyway. And sometimes we have to check ourselves again to that point because a lot of times it is you didn't wait on the Lord. You wanted to wanted that fruit to happen in your timing, but God was trying to do something. He was trying to build character within you. He was trying to develop your capacity and expand your capacity. But instead of you waiting on the Lord to allow him to renew your strength, you decided to do the bare minimum instead. Right? And so for some, it was just, I just got weary. I was tired. And for others, it literally just may have found, you may have found yourself like those who just wanted to get by. Like, I just need to, I just need this job to pay my bills. I don't really care about this job. I just need this job so I can at least pay my bills and put food on my table and shelter over my head. So I'm not going to go here and be exercised. The Bible tells us, like, we have to do everything that's unto the Lord. That's what it means by having an excellent spirit, Right? And so no matter what the reason was for you, I'm here to encourage you and let you know that you have an opportunity to change it. And how do we go about changing our, our viewpoint, our perspective, our mindset? How do we shift from doing the bare minimum to doing the most, right? One way is we need to desire personal revival. And so I was at a conference and the woman of God said it like this. Revival isn't a season, it's a person. And so when I say desire personal revival, I'm not saying that, oh, I'm you trying to walk around and figure out like, okay, I'm, this is the season of revival I'm in. Uh, now I'm in a season of drought. Now I'm in a season of just chilling. Like, no. When you get the revelation that revival is not a season and it is you, you start operating different because now you know when you go on your job, when you go to your house, when you go into your school, when you're going to all of these different places, you know that people, as they encounter you, they encounter revival. As they encounter you, they encounter the manifest presence of the, the presence of the living God. And so you begin to move differently because revival isn't a season, it's a person, it's you. And so when you become walking revival, you move differently and you understand you can't do the bare minimum and still experience personal revival. And you can't do the bare minimum and think that your children are going to experience it in revival and that your household is going to experience revival and that your community is going to experience revival and your family and your business. You can't expect revival by doing the bare minimum. It's just not going to be so. Right? And so this goes to reason that having seasons of doing the bare minimum is not acceptable. And it is not pleasing to God. Right? It doesn't give glory to God. It isn't something that he's saying, like, oh yeah, this is something that you should be doing. Right? So we have to be walking revivalists. We have to understand our authority in Christ and our identity in Christ to know that because I am an heir, because I'm a daughter of the Most High God, that when I walk anywhere, people must encounter God. I'm a, I'm a revival. I am revival. So that tells me that mere church going is not enough. So if you're like, well, I go to church every Sunday. Baby, I grew up in the church. And let me tell you, let me tell you, I was raised in the church. But until you become revival, until you encounter God for yourself, until you get to know him for yourself, until you literally get to experience him to the point you can't go a day without talking to him, you will never reach that next level in him. And you can say you grew up in the church all you want, but there was a time in my walk with Christ, in my journey with getting to know the Lord, that I realized that all of the church going that I did from, from birth to now, all of the church going, all of the Sunday schools, all of the Bible studies, all of the serving on, on the praise and worship team, the serving in the choir, the serving in the sunshine band, the serving on the step team, the serving in the praise and worship dance team, all of the serving that I did was not enough 
to get me to know God. So I found myself getting older and older and realizing that I didn't know the word like I needed to know the word. I found myself realizing that I haven't truly reached a point where I was confident in my identity. I haven't really reached this point where I was walking into authority. Like I knew how to serve. Like don't give me, I knew how to go to church. I know how to go there faithfully and consistently. I knew how to serve in the church. I knew how to play the part, right? But sometimes we think we can just attend church and, 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 and I'm, I'm straight. If I just go to church, I'm straight. That's the bare minimum. Oh, and sometimes even for a lot of us, it's like, what? Well, I serve. I'm on the leadership team. It's the bare minimum because none of that stuff matters to God if you do not know him. And we see this over and over in the Bible. So if going to church is enough, that stands to reason that also just going to weekly Bible study and being consistent at Bible study is not enough. How often have we attended these services? Have we attended Bible study and conference after conference and Sunday school and tent revival? And we get these great words, right? And then we never go back and study it for ourselves. We've become a people who have been so dependent upon other people's encounters, upon other people's revelation, and this is an opportunity and an invitation to repent. I just did a Bible study earlier today, and we went through Isaiah 30 verses 1 through 5, and it's literally a rebuke to the people of Judah, and it's saying, woe to the rebellious children who seek counsel but not of me. Right, it says who devise plans but not of my spirit. And if you keep reading, it talks about who who seek advice but they don't ask me about my advice. Right? It says heartbreak and distress to those ones. Because we doing we're doing all of these things, and it's like, but you haven't sought after God. We we serve, we attend, we consistent in those areas, but God said, I don't, I don't know you. I don't know you. This is an opportunity to repent. We have to repent. There is coming a time where the bare minimum is not enough and the time is now. The bare minimum is not enough. It's not enough. Weekly church going is not enough. Weekly Bible study is not enough. If we're only praying and studying the Bible corporately, it's not enough, right? Imagine being in a relationship or a marriage where you only show love and affection in public. But in private, you barely spoke to each other. In private, you barely look at each other. In private, y'all doing your own thing, right? Imagine a marriage where you have no knowledge of who your spouse is. You don't know what they like. You don't know what they hate. You don't know what their interests are. You're literally in an arranged marriage, right? Because we know that a lot of arranged marriages come together like that. Like, oh, we don't know nothing about this person. I don't know who they are. For some, you just met them for the first time on marriage day, right? Love is usually, in an arranged marriage, is usually not established based on love. Love really isn't a factor, right? In an arranged marriage, this is another disadvantage. There's little to no intimacy or knowledge of the person you're marrying, which means there's an increase in unhappiness. There's a, a potential high likelihood of divorce or separation, right? When you're in an arranged marriage, when you're coming to a relationship or a marriage with someone and you don't even know them, you enter into that marriage with a lack of trust, right? And if we are the bride to our bridegroom, imagine being in an arranged marriage with him. The same disadvantages apply. And this is why the personal relationship and getting to know him for yourself is crucial. Why? Because being lukewarm is a sin. Revelation chapter 3 verses 15 through 16 says, in the, and this is the letter to the lukewarm church. Um, or this is Jesus addressing the church um, of Laodicea. And he says, I know your works, right? I know that you serve a church. And this is New King James Version. He's, Jesus says, I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. 
And, and, and so we be talking about, oh, just give me grace. No, the truth is that if you're neither cold nor hot, then you are lukewarm. And Jesus himself says, I am going to vomit you out of my mouth. And this is the passage translation. It says it like this. I know all you do. And I know that you are neither frozen in apathy nor fervent with passion. How I wish you were either one or the other, but because you are neither cold nor hot, but are lukewarm, I am about to spit you from my mouth. This is Jesus. This isn't nobody else saying like, this is the prophetic word of the Lord. Boom. No, this is Jesus himself talking to the lukewarm church. And so if we're lukewarm, this is the faith that we have that he's going to literally spit us out of our mouth. And then... We know even in the book of 2 Timothy verses 3 um, where it talks about like the perilous time and the perilous people, right? It says in verse 5, like these people have a form of godliness but deny its power and from such people turn away. It tells us to not even be involved with these people. Don't even try to be cool with these kind of people. It says they have a form of godliness but they deny the power of you understand? That's the New King James Version. And the passing translation says, they may pretend to have a respect for God, but in reality, they don't want to be minimal. <laughs> in reality, they want nothing, nothing to do with God's power. Stay away from people like these. The people who go to church, but it's like, no, I don't want to encounter God. Like, I ain't trying to be, I ain't trying to fall out on the floor. I ain't trying to be manifesting no demons. It's like, it be people who literally like, I don't want to attend this. I don't want to listen to this. I don't want to go there because I, I ain't about that. Like, I just want to be the, do the bare minimum. I just want to get by. I just want to live my life. I ain't trying to fight no demons. I ain't trying to do no warfare. I ain't really trying to be consistent in prayer. I ain't really trying to serve and burn out. I ain't trying to do none of this stuff. I just want to do the bare minimum. And the Lord says, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. He says, literally, Turn away from those people. And then we all know the scripture in Matthew 7, in verses 21 through 23, the New King James Version says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Have we not cast out demons in your name? Have we not done many wonders in your name? It says, and then I will declare to them, and this is the Lord saying, then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. And then if you go to the message version, it hit a little different, y'all. It says it like this. Knowing the correct password, saying master, master, for instance, isn't going to get you anywhere with me. What is required is serious obedience. Doing what my father wills. I can see it now. At the final judgment, thousands starting up to me and saying, Master, we preached the message. We bashed the demons. Our super spiritual project had everyone talking. And do you know what I'm going to say? This is the Lord. He said, you know what I'm going to say to you? You missed the boat. <laughs> this is the message version. You missed the boat. All you did was use me to make yourselves important. Wow. He said, y'all gonna come up here on the final judgment. I can see it now. Y'all gonna come on the final judgment day. Y'all gonna like, ooh, look at all the things that I did. Look, ooh, with the spiritual, super spiritual project. Everybody was talking about this conference. Everybody was talking. I had hundreds and thousands of people in my little event, right? And he gonna be like, well, you missed the boat. All you did was use me to make yourself important. All you did was use me to um, increase your platform. All you did was use me to make you famous. All you did was use me to make you rich. He said, you don't impress me one bit. You're out of here. <laughs> this is the message where he said, you're out of here. You who practice lawlessness, depart from me. Y'all, somebody shout spiritual blindness. I know we on this podcast, but just shout spiritual blindness, okay? Spiritual blindness is an inability to see the things of the spirit. It's a condition that an individual has when they are unable to see God or understand his message. We know spiritual blindness leads to all kinds of evil. It's, um, it's going to lead to idolatry. It's going to lead to adultery. It's going to lead to lying, stealing, fornication, greed, backbiting, bearing the false witness.
witnesses, spiritual adultery, adultery literally leads people to mass shootings and suicide. Right? We see this time and time again. Like I said, it's an inability to see the things of the spirit. It's like one scripture said it like this. You don't even know when good things are happening because you are spiritually blind. God can literally send a good thing your way. He can send you your divine help, but because you are in, unable to see the things of the spirit, you will not notice that that person is actually sent to you to benefit you. But because you are so spiritually blind, blind and self-centered, you think that person wants what you got. You think that person is trying to manipulate you and take your platform. You think that person is out to get you in some kind of way. And it says, these folks don't want what you got. It's not even about that. We have to stop being spiritually blind. And we have to de literally de declare Luke 418. And I'm going to go to it because I'm just going to read it really quickly. Luke 4.18 and it says this is Jesus talking he says the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind it says to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord so I decree and I declare over your life according to Luke 4, 18, that if you were once walking in spiritual blindness, that your sight is being recovered. This is why the Lord was seen here. He said to, to literally recover the sight to the blind. So what do we need to do? We have to renew our mind. We have to literally ask the Lord to search us, to repent and turn away from that thing that has caused us to be spiritually blind, to turn away from that thing that has caused us to only want to desire the bare minimum, right? We got to turn from our wicked ways. We got to seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. We have to go to another level of consecration. This is what I need you to do. As you're listening to this podcast, um, or maybe you have to come back to it when you're sitting down and you're not driving and take notes, ask yourself, in what areas of life do I still look like the world? Ask yourself, what idols are in my life that I need to tear down? What altars have I built that I need to tear down and burn down? Here, listen, start here. Because sometimes when we ask questions like that, it's like, what? I don't have no idols in my life. I don't look like the world. I don't have no, no demonic altars in my life. Because so, we try to be super spiritual and it really ain't that deep. Ask yourself, what areas in your life are being attacked? Are being judged or simply have been strangely challenging write those down right what areas in your life just been hard this year this season of your life like something just been strangely hard it's been just overwhelming it's been causing me anxiety it's literally put me into a depression ask yourself what areas what are those areas Right, And then you repent for those areas as God begins to reveal them to you and ask him to visit those areas that he will come and rule, reign, and have dominion in those areas. And then you ask him, like, no, Lord, give me the specific things about this area. Give me the specific things about my marriage, about my children, about my finances. Right? Ask him, like, Lord, what areas in my life do I look like the world? What idols are in my life? Because it could be your finances, your education, your job or career. Is it your status or influence? Is it your business, your ministry, your friendships, your health? Or maybe it's your family members, right? Your sexuality, your purity, your, your self-control. Are you struggling with pride or anger? Because maybe it's that area of your life. Maybe it's your emotional health. Maybe it's your mood. Maybe it's your mindset, your mental health, and your thoughts that are constantly being attacked and judged. For some of you, there is a war happening for your soul. It's that going back and forth, like one minute you here and then the next minute you're there, right? It's like a pool. You're in a season of a pool. And here's the thing. If the enemy can get you or get your desires to match his in any way, then he has an open door. And open doors or unlocked doors give access to whoever and whatever wants to enter in. 
And so I'll give you the example of car robber. That's somebody we all can either relate to that because we've had a personal experience or we've seen a movie and we know how these things go, right? So if someone wants to rob your car, they don't even have to bust your window out anymore, right? That if, if the door is unlocked and they notice, I've seen people in the TV shows, right? You will see people where they're not even trying to just bust your door. They just going to see which ones are open, which ones are unlocked. And if they can find a, a door that's unlocked, access, they're not trying to bust your windows no more. They have this door already unlocked. You gave them access to enter in. And so I remember I was out of town at a conference one time and Darius was home with our, um, our oldest. It was before I had my youngest and he left the door to the truck that we had unlocked. And we stayed in apartments at the time. And I remember him saying like, man, somebody broke into the truck and they stole his laptop. And um, he had his journal in there and he had, he was already writing a book. Actually, I think it was, he was writing a book legend that he released a couple years ago. And they had stole everything. So he had to start over. And he was like, you know, hopefully, you know, they'll bring it back or turn it in or something like that. And it never happened. So he still ain't seen that laptop or um, that journal to this day. And, but that's what happens when we leave doors unlocked, right? It could be people who, if your door was locked, they wouldn't have touched your stuff. You know, we do have some people who will come and they'll bash out the windows and things like that. But nowadays, people are like, people are leaving their doors open right and so when you leave a door open or unlocked you literally get access and access gives advantage or clearance right so y'all if y'all know anything about me i love the law order csi detective type shows like that um i think right now like blacklist blacklist is on netflix and we see all the time how access gives advantage or clearance so for certain FBI agents or CIA operatives, um, when you are trying to access certain paperwork or, or certain case files, you have to have a certain level of access. You have to have a certain badge that gives you access or clearance to the cases or the files that are not redacted, right? So you have where some people, when they get the file, everything is blacked out. You only get certain information, but if you got access, if you have an advantage, if you got clearance, you see all the you see all the details of those very same files. Who are you giving access to your life? Who, where in your life have you left a door open or unlocked? Right? Because whatever has access has an authority. Right? Whatever has access, they have an authority. And so ask yourself, who or what has access to my life? And like I said, this isn't just for doors because sometimes we just leave a door open, right? Our door is just open in our house so anybody who wants to come in can go in and out. But sometimes it's just an unlocked door. Like your door, it looks closed, but it's unlocked, right? And a door that looks closed, but it's unlocked can still give access. Let me tell y'all, recently, this was maybe a month or a few months ago, I'm literally in my living room, y'all. I'm sitting on my chair in my living room and I'm on the phone with my sis and I'm talking to her and my door is closed. It was unlocked. My door is unlocked because um, we had people painting the doors of our house. And so they had closed the door, but the door was still unlocked. And I'm sitting and I'm on the phone with my sis. We're talking, we chit chatting. And the very next thing is I'm screaming right i'm screaming and i'm jumping up and getting behind my my um chair in my living room darius is in the house but darius be ignoring me sometimes because he think i be playing about everything but he's in the other room in the office doing whatever and i'm literally screaming on the phone with my sister because this huge dog walks into my house y'all first of all i'm like never seen this dog before it's a big dog i don't know if this dog friendly i don't i don't know nothing about this dog right and so it walks into my house and it literally is staring dead smack at me 
and I'm on the phone with my sis, and I'm like, oh my goodness, there's a dog in my house. A dog just came in my house. And I'm like, I don't know who dog this is. Like, I've never seen this dog before. How would he even get in the building? Like, I'm trying to figure out all of these things because I'm just like, how this dog just gonna walk up in my, and my door was closed, but it was unlocked. That's why I'm just saying, whoever, but whatever. You know what I'm saying? We ain't just talking about natural, you know, a open and unlocked door. You let a demon in your, and you'll be looking like, well, I thought that door was unlocked. I thought that door was closed, right? That dog came straight up in the house and was looking like, what's up? And Darius had to literally come up out of that office. He was like, oh, that scream. I knew something was wrong. Because when he came out, he, he, he was taken aback because it's like a whole dog. Like, people don't just see dogs walk up in their house, right? Like, what you doing up in here? Get up, get up out of here. But the door closed behind them. The door closed behind the dog. So even if he wanted to leave, he, can, he can't get out unless somebody opened the door. You got to open the door to let the thing back out. And so, literally, we can think that the door is closed. Ain't that how the enemy want to deceive us? We can think that the door is closed, so whoever and whatever still has access and just closes the door behind them, right? And that's the deception piece, right? Oh, well, the door closed. That's why I'm always like, make sure, like, hey, did you lock the door behind you? Did you close that door? Because sometimes we're deceived and we think like, oh no, this door closed. I don't got no open doors. I don't have no unlocked doors up in my in my place, in my house, my body. You know what I'm saying? I'm good. I don't have no closed doors or unlocked doors. But that's why you got to double check because a closed door, if it's unlocked, can still provide access. And the deception is that the door is closed. But if you didn't lock that thing and you didn't check it, there's access that's still there. And so you thinking you good, but the thing that opened, like, just like that dog did to me, it came in, closed the door right behind him. Imagine, same thing with evil and demonic spirits. They can come right up in your house, close the door right behind him, and you will never know. Because some things are seen, but some things are unseen, okay? That's why you have to have a spiritual eye. Some things, they come in unnoticed, Right? Imagine if me and my husband were in the back room or something. If we were both in the office doing work, we would that dog, we would have been hearing barking at some point and we'll be like, what the heck is barking? And it sounds like it's right here. You know what I'm saying? We wouldn't know. We would have came out the room or something and it's like it came in unnoticed. And so you don't know where certain like you find yourself dealing with certain things and you don't know where it's coming from. Cause something has been an open door has a door has been left open or unlocked. And so now you're trying to figure out why you're struggling with certain things. Like, well, why I'm dealing with this? Why I'm struggling with this? And you don't even realize that you left a door open. Or you think the door is closed, but you left it unlocked. And something has came in unnoticed. And now here we are. Here we are. And so, I'm about to close, y'all. I literally just wanted to talk to y'all about we're no longer doing the bare minimum it's not enough so i want you all to begin even now as you're listening to this podcast begin to pray in the spirit and ask god to reveal to you the areas in your life where you left the door open or where you think a door was locked but it was you thought a door was closed but it was unlocked Begin to pray in the spirit. And as you pray in the spirit and you build up your most holy faith, you give the opportunity for the Holy Spirit to come and begin to show you things and reveal to you things. And so just begin to pray in the spirit. Lord, reveal to us the areas in our life where a door has been left open. Show us, God, where the doors that look closed have been left unlocked. Reveal to us those things in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Listen, some of these doors were maybe, it was like, sometimes there's, sometimes we've invited some things, right? Right, we have to ask the Holy Spirit to come back. We have to invite him back into our heart, back into our lives. Why? Because 
at one point, maybe he was invited in the area. Maybe at one point we've invited the Lord into our lives. We invited him into our marriage. We invited him into our courtship. We invited him in our dating phase. We invited him in certain phases of our life. And when we were ideating the business, when we were writing the vision and making it plain, we were inviting him in then. But then when it started blowing up, maybe, maybe a door began to open. Maybe we the door was closed, but it was unlocked because we 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 started off depending on him. We started off relying on him. We started off trusting in him. We started off seeking his counsel and getting his advice. But some point along the way, when we began to see the fruit, when we began to get the blessings, we we began to reap the harvest, or when we began to sin, right? Or when we began to do the bare minimum. When we got comfortable in a place, we began to do the bare minimum. We began to become lukewarm, and then we stopped praying as much as we started when we started the business. We stopped praying as much as we were when we were um, courting. We stopped praying as much as we were when we were when we were warring and fighting and and contending for the promise. Now we got the promise, and now we're not praying as much as we used to. We're not praying as much as we used to. We're not studying the word of God as much as we used to. We've gotten to a place and now we're not even as consecrated. It's like, oh, oh, I feel good. Certain things don't affect me. So now I can listen to this secular music. Now I can drink this alcohol. Now I can hang out with these people. Now I can go to the club and we think it's not going to impact us because we've come to a place in our walk with God. And really, we're opening a door. We're giving access to whoever and whatever wants to enter in. And so we must repent. We must repent because there was once a time where we've invited him in, but because of sin, because of lukewarmness, because of a lack of a prayer life, because of a lack of consecration, the Holy Spirit has been quenched. In some areas, he's just gone. He left. Because you didn't, you didn't make your dwelling place a place where he could dwell. And so he, the Holy Spirit has been quenched or has completely just left. Right? So we have to repent for any open doors, any unlocked doors, and ask for God to deliver us. Right? Lord, deliver us from this thing. Deliver us from the spirit of the bare minimum. Deliver us from only doing the least amount of work, putting in the least amount of time, doing the bare minimum to get by or just to say we're connected. Well, I go to church, so is that enough, God? I go to Bible study, is that enough, God? I pray before I eat my food, is that enough? At least I I do pray at these certain points, right? Oh, I do do the 21-day Daniel fast at the beginning of the year, is that enough, God? No, you do the bare minimum. And we must repent. And we must ask God to forgive us of our sins. Forgive us for lukewarmness. Lord, we don't want to be the ones who, who, are, who are not hot or cold and we're lukewarm and you're, you're, you're about to spit us out of your mouth. Lord, let that not be said about us that we were ones who were walking who are walking and we began to get burned out and we began to get weary in our doing well, that we began to just start doing a bare minimum because we just had no more to give. That we just thought that just saying that we were connected a little bit was enough. God, we repent for where that has been our mindset. We repent if that's what our actions have shown. Sean, we repent, Lord, for open doors and unlocked doors that have given access to the enemy to come and steal the word of God out of our hearts. Where we give it access and open doors for the enemy to literally choke out the word within us. Lord, we repent. We repent. We repent, Lord. Have mercy on us. Listen, whatever it is for you, begin to repent. Ask the Lord to have mercy. Ask the Lord for his forgiveness. Ask him to deliver you from that thing that has gripped you. Ask him to search your heart. To cleanse you and to renew you. To restore you back to righteousness. To restore you back to that place. Where all you wanted was him. Where you were sold out for him. That you were willing to, 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 to lay down everything for him. That you were willing to go all the way in for him. Ask the Lord to renew you. 
Why? Because what carried you in the past seasons will not be enough for what's coming. The bare minimum that you're doing right now is not going to be enough to prepare you, to equip you, and to sustain you for what's coming on the earth. Why? The Bible says in 2 Timothy, if we go back to our anchor scripture, no, in Isaiah, if we go back to our anchor scripture, it tells us in Isaiah 26 verse 9, it says the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness when judgments are on the earth. When judgments are on the earth. And so you have to repent because a time is coming where the judgments on the earth will be increased. Like in the days of the children of Israel while they were in Egypt and all of the plagues were coming back to back to back. It was this plague and when this was done it was another plague. So we see even now in the earth there's a judgment and then COVID and then COVID seems to die down and then monkey pops. And then monkeypox is going to die down and then famine. And then the famine is going to die down and then there's going to be this. And then there's going to be this. And we're going to see that all of these judgments are literally to get us, God's people, to a place where we literally learn righteousness. Where we literally go deeper in his word. Where we really rely and trust and put our dependency and um, our faith and confidence in him. What carried you in past seasons won't be enough. For what's coming. And this is what I heard the Lord say. What carried you in the past season. The bare minimum that kept you this far. Will not keep you in the times to come. The bare minimum is not enough. And so this is the invitation. And the Lord is saying come higher. Come higher. And how, how must we come higher? How do we go higher? The only way to go higher is to go low. The only way to go high is to go deep. The only way to go high is to humble yourself. So this is an invitation to humble yourself. To go deeper in prayer. Personally, not not just during the times of prayer at your church. Not just during times of intercession. Not just during midday prayer and midnight prayer and Wednesday prayers and Saturday prayers. No, this is an invitation to go deeper in prayer. It says, pray day and night, night and day. Prayers should always be on our lips. This is an invitation to go deeper in his word. Not just doing Bible study, not just doing Sunday school, not just doing Sunday service, but on a personal level. Do you know him for yourself? And then this is an invitation to go deeper in righteousness, to get consecrated. The things that you've been thinking was okay are no longer okay. It's no longer enough. If I, I'll just take this one sip of wine. It's just wine. I'm only going to drink this. I'm not going to get drunk. I'm just going to have these three glasses. I'm just going to take these few shots with my friend for her birthday or for her wedding reception and all of these things. I'm just going to have a little fun just tonight. Just this one time, Lord. No, he's calling you higher. And in order to go higher, you're going to realize that you're going to have to let go of some things. You're going to have to sacrifice some things. Because he's calling you to another place. He's calling to you a, into a place that where you're literally set apart. That you're, you're, you're not looking like the world looks. Like he's going to look at you and be like, oh yeah, I don't see nothing in the world that looks like her. You know what I'm saying? Like you have to desire, desire that personal revival. You have to desire a deeper prayer life. You have to de- desire intimacy. You have to desire being one who is called to stand apart. You have to desire being the sent one. Because not everyone can be sent. It says many were called, but few were chosen. And so just repeat after me. The bare minimum is not enough. And I just pray that this word has gripped you, gripped your heart. It has um, blessed you in some kind of way. It has exposed the plan of the enemy. It has called you higher. And um, yeah, let's just pray. So God, I just thank you, Lord, for even this time 
this time to really just go deeper to expose our lukewarmness to expose the sin in our life to expose the open and unlocked doors in our life god we thank you lord that we're gonna be ones who choose to seek you and desire you in the night that we will be ones who will literally seek you early that we will be the ones who will learn righteousness that we won't be the ones who are spiritually blind we won't be the ones who who are in the land of the uprightness but we still act unjustly we won't be the ones who see your face and yet still aren't interested in knowing more of you God but I pray Lord that we will be ones who do the most and I know the world and culture want us to be like oh she doing too much oh she too spiritual oh she too religious oh no I'm too I'm too on fire for God I'm too on fire for God I'm too in love with the presence of God I'm too in love with being in the presence of God I'm too in love with Jesus I don't I'm not I'm not satisfied with doing the bare minimum I'm no longer satisfied with being lukewarm I'm no longer satisfied with looking like the world looks I'm no longer satisfied with being mediocre I'm no longer satisfied with those things so God we come up higher in you oh God and as we come up higher we go lower we choose to humble ourselves we choose to lower ourselves and be sacrificial people oh God so that we can encounter you so that we can go deeper in your uh, in prayer that we can go deeper in reading our words so that we can go deeper in righteousness in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus oh God we thank you Lord we thank you, Lord, that we won't be the ones who have a form of godliness but deny its power. That we won't be the ones who, who are doing all of these things that we're serving in the church and we're going to all of the events and we're going to all the services and yet we have done all these things and you still say, depart from me, I never knew you. May we not be those ones. But Lord, we say, we decree and declare that the bare minimum will not be enough for us. And we decree and declare that we are coming higher. So Lord, I just break off every blinder that is on the eyes of your people that is causing them to not be able to see the things in the spirit. God, I just call them forth to come forth that their vision must be restored in the name of Jesus. God, we, we speak our restoration to their sight. In the name of Jesus. And we say no. Our minds are being renewed. Our minds are being renewed. We receive your forgiveness God. We receive your mercy. We receive your correction. And the rebuke oh God. And we say no Lord. Show us those areas. Deal with any area within us. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus I pray. Amen. 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 So God. I mean so. Listen because I can keep going. That's it, y'all. That's it. So I hope you all have a wonderful day. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to let somebody else know about it. Share it with somebody um, who needs to hear this because this is a word from the Lord. And this is an invitation to come up higher in him. So be blessed, y'all. Thanks for joining me this week on the Girl, Get Your Voice Back podcast. If you're interested in learning more about overcoming condemnation and silent shame, be sure to check out my website at www.ebonydjames.com and purchase my book, Silent Shame, The Master's Keys to Overcoming Condemnation to Receiving Healing and Restoration. If you found value in today's episode, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a rating. 